0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on
2: 630
0: Chad. It's into the second quarter. Still no score. Seahawks and Eagles, Baltimore and Pittsburgh now move to Wednesday at 1:40 Mountain time uh logan texting 780-496-0063 he says elk are intimidating when they are charging in at 30 yards any elk hunter that has experienced this like i have it's something you never forget it's a lot different in real life well i hear you logan uh i I mean elk are a huge animal that obviously could do some damage i'm just surprised that's how they sounded logan i'm surprised that was the elk sound Dean says, how about the Edmonton Electric? Maybe I'm getting so desperate I don't see the foolishness in the name. And is it too close to the bolts? But electricity is lightning quick, dangerous at times, often strikes without warning. I'm not talking about lightning. You could have some uh, cool flashes. Uh, he, He says you could have some cool flashers in the stands for touchdowns, pregame, big plays. I think he means like flashers by lights that flash. I don't think he means human flashers. Well, maybe that's electric for you, Dean. I don't know. Maybe that would get you charged up, so to speak, if they had flashers in the stands. It's okay. That's funny. And uh, Robbie says, I think Edmonton Elkhounds is a great name. Medium-sized dog breed for hunting moose in Norway. Extremely brave and winter dog. Moose are called elk in Norway. These dogs have been discovered to be buried with Vikings. It's a 6,000-year-old breed. I happen to have two of them very majestic dogs. Oh, that's cool, Robbie. Thanks for sharing that about your dogs. I had not heard elk hounds before. Edmonton Electric, heard a couple of times. Dean kind of explained his idea for the imagery, and certainly having flashers in the stands is uh, something that I think we all could enjoy as we bring Gene Principe from
1: Sportstead onto the show.
0: Hey, Gene. Hey, Gene.
1: Hey, Reed. That's interesting. Uh, I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know much about elk. Um, I think that that I remember there was a Todd Alec who played for the Edmonton Oilers. But that's about uh, all I know. If we're going to talk elk, you need Louis DeBrasco on because he's, the, he's, our, he's our hunting guy on Sportsnet.
0: Yes, and I think he's uh I think he's been posting some stuff that he's out out doing some hunting right now, assuming it's yeah. hunting season. It must yeah, I,
1: I think today's the last day, I believe, uh, from what I saw from Louis's post. I have a uh buddy of mine and here's a free plug uh and outdoors, he's been a long time friend of mine, he runs a lodge um in the Stettler area and uh he you know, he he hunts for a living. Uh as he gets hunters that come up here and then he hunts for fun and he goes he just spent a month uh kind of on his own in rv hunting it's it's not me i've never it's not something we've ever uh really done uh and i don't think it's anything i'm ever going to do i see people in tree stands and kind of you know sitting all day waiting and uh uh yeah not not my uh, personality to do that kind of stuff
0: Yeah, same with me, but just to let everybody know, I do understand where my food comes from. I I remember I interviewed Eric Greiba, the former Oilers defenseman, who was very open about his passion for hunting. If you follow him on social media, he'll post the, the pictures of you know the, the process yeah. of after he makes the the kill, and and he joked with me. He goes, "Yeah, I've had to explain some uh, teammates uh, where the where the meat they get in the supermarket <laughs> comes from." I understand it. I, yeah. I generally understand uh, the process, but I, it's not something that uh, I think I could do myself. Uh, I'm I'm fine going to the supermarket yeah. to, to do it.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll get involved in the last step, but I don't want to be involved in the first step. Um, you know, it's 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 not. Uh, yeah, not for me. You know, I know sometimes people, not that we're going to go off on this tangent, because I promise I'll stop after this. And, well, what's the difference of, you know, going to the store and buying a meat and killing it? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, lots. Um, so I'm not saying you shouldn't hunt, uh, but, but uh, I'm, I'm also saying I'm not hunting. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's I don't know. I mean, uh, a few years ago, there were some people who hunt, and then just hunt for the sport of it and don't, you know, use the meat. Or like there is a that dentist, I think, in Minnesota who had hunted down an elephant that had somehow got it to cross a certain boundary that now made it. it it's Or a lion, I think it was. So it, people are very, uh, uh, some are very strong-minded and opinionated on hunting. I eat meat and I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, there there are there are rules, and I, I would think those rules would be followed. And I think our friend yeah. uh, Louis Louis does yeah. that. Gene Prince based on the yeah. show, uh, Dave's Drive with Sports Central. That was going for the last couple of weeks. Now Dave's Drive wrapped up on Friday, but I always remind yes. people you can help Sports Central whenever you want. Uh, have we tabulated anything for Dave's Drive, or is that still going on?
1: Yeah, we we tabulated that. Um... It, it was. We ended up getting lots of gently used equipment. We ended up getting some great donations, which you saw uh, initially through uh, the Edmonton Oilers um, at the kickoff press conference, which would have been the day before Dave's drive started, which was November 13th. I think unofficially, I just saw an email today, in fact, that we received, uh, including new equipment, which is obviously worth more than the, the lightly or gently used, about $130,000 worth of stuff. Um, so I- incredible. I mean, uh, uh, minor hockey teams, uh, gathering, growing, finding, uncovering, um, stashing away this equipment for us. We had, you know, like anything like a, kind of like a telethon. And for those that are old, like me, remember Jerry's telethon every September long weekend, Jerry Lewis would have a telethon. If I remember correctly for muscular dystrophy and the money was coming in all weekend. But when you hit that board towards the end. Uh, It was really flowing in and, uh, you know, like that's how it usually works with telethons and that's how it worked with Dave's Drive. In the end, it was a real, it was solid all the way through, Reid, but thanks to getting opportunities to talk to you and and Bob on Oilers Now and the alumni were fantastic at getting uh, stories out about Dave and which in turn pushes Dave's Drive. So we did great, more than ever. So thank you to everybody who helped out.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris Joseph was on last yeah. week and it's a cool connection for him, not just as an alumni, but now uh, as a fireman and obviously fire halls take uh, donations yeah. for sports central. So he said, yeah, if you, if you, if you come by, you might, you might see me depending on what's going on. So anyway, that was that, that was you pretty know, cool.
1: Yeah. You know what people, you know, there's lots going on right now and, and nothing going on for some people, if you know what I mean, because of the pandemic. Uh, but uh, you know, everyone's kind of been challenged, whether it's, you know, between the years or, you know, in the pocketbook or in any other way. So for people to take uh, their time and their effort and use it to honor a hell of a guy like Dave Semankle and all these kids that we're going to be able to take advantage of this, we really appreciate it. Gene Principe from Sportsnet
0: joining us tonight. Uh, sportscentral.org is where you can find out how you you want to help monetarily. Gently used equipment has all the drop-off sites and, and all the information uh, you would need. Incredible organization and good for you, Gene, and Spec and everybody for being involved. Well, uh, we're waiting. You know, hockey-wise, uh, John Shannon was on with Bob and I, I played a couple of his clips. I, it's You get the sense now, I mean, I feel like even the most pessimistic people around the NHL, those who actually talk to people and and get information, I think even the most pessimistic people say, well, there's going to be a season. We're just waiting for the conditions. And now, Gene, you hear more about... Okay, maybe early January. Now I I I feel like for me anyway. I want to get your impression like this because we're you know we talk to people, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the same people. I I hear more about the back half of January or even February first, possibly for a start.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm starting to move towards that Feb 1 date. You know, uh, I know that in the past, uh, you know, the most recent work stoppage back in 2012, 2013, uh, you know, they were able to sneak in. Once you get into the, the, the January mode, now you're thinking into the into the kind of the 40s, right? Like at least, you know, half a season. I mean, look at baseball. they They played 60 games and, you know, they made it work. It wasn't ideal for them. It was less than half what would it have been about a 40 percent of their schedule um i don't think that that hockey wants to get into 38 games or 36 that would seem like now we're starting to go okay where are we going with this would they do it yes but i think kind of it feels like it needs to start with a four and if it's 48 or 46 or 44 or 42 then at least you feel like you you put in half a season but there are some you know some big issues that need to be resolved regarding uh, structure scheduling how about the nfl schedule guy that guy should yes. uh, that guy oh. deserves a raise whatever he or she is making or that computer <laughs> Um, I mean, that's they are juggling their two thirds through their season, and you know they're pushing to finish up the last third. Obviously, they're running out of runway regarding how much they can move. But I just heard you say another what game is uh, starting one thirty? Uh, I just heard you when I
0: Ravens Pittsburgh is going to be yeah. one forty Mountain Time on Wednesday, yeah. and that's another point about the NHL is they want to leave a couple of weeks between the end of the scheduled regular season yeah. and the start of the playoffs for postponements. Because because I'm sure now maybe the NFL is sitting there saying, well, maybe we should have pushed the Super Bowl back. I guess they could possibly still get rid of that bye week between yeah. the, the conference championships and the Super Bowl. But if they would have said, okay, we're going to have a, a, an, an 18-week season instead of 17, but week 18 has no games, then right. now you could just say, okay, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, you're the – First Sunday or second Sunday in January, and we can push other games there because that—that's another interesting thing about the NHL is they—they want to leave that gap for rescheduled games.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, listen, the bubble was airtight, right? Not a—not a positive test, but we're not going that route. Um, well, as far as we know, I mean, I'm not saying that there won't be obviously games in Edmonton, but we're not going to have. Uh, at that time was 24 teams that that showed up with the play-in round and then the actual playoffs, that's not going to happen. So they got to be prepared for, okay, we didn't have one. Okay, so now Calgary's playing Edmonton and, you know, a, a trainer and a player tested positive from Calgary. What are we doing? And how can, you know, the NFL's one game a week. So they can they can delay, they can move. I'm not saying it's not complicated, but if you play three, four games a week, you know, how many games can you delay and how long can you delay them uh before you, you start going, wait a minute here, we're we're stuck in mud. We're 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 not catching up. It feels like we're going backwards. So I, I know that there's lots of smart NHL people uh on both sides that'll that'll get it figured out. But I, I'm thinking that camp will begin early in the new year and that you know, maybe a very shortened preseason kind of week three, four of January, and then, boom, let's get going starting around February 1st. I mean, I hope it's sooner, but I'm thinking February 1st would be sort of a day where you go, hey, if they get going by then, considering everything that's going on in the world, to me, that would be a win.
0: Well, I don't think they have to play more than two preseason games max yeah. maybe only yeah. one and players are skating and as as we know with the, the last couple generations of, of players in the nhl oh. certainly the last 20 years or longer you're in shape when you come to training camp like players are skating now we have some guys skating in edmonton um you know i, I had uh, i had jake debrusque on the show last week he's he's been skating we've seen mcdavid and matthews i think they've been in arizona yeah. skating so when they arrive at training camp they should be pretty close to being ready to go if not already there they just want to get an actual five-on-five style game in
1: yeah i would think reed it'll be the template that we had uh for the return to play which was let's say they had uh you know half of march all of april all of may all of june i'm not saying they didn't skate but away from the rink half of july and what i think was july 13th uh when they started camp and 17 days later i think edmonton played their first the qualifying round game, I think it was the 30th. It might have been uh, August first, 1st. But,
0: was their first game. The preseason game was July
2: 29th. 29th? The exhibition so, game,
1: yeah. Yeah, so 13th. So there you go. You What's that? That's uh, three weeks. So probably, you know, if they show up uh, July, or July, January 10th, 11th, 9th, 12th, somewhere in there, um, yeah, kind of the same, same schedule. They did it once, and they had all that time off. Um, you know, again, we're looking at if you're some of the teams that weren't, you know, the other seven teams that weren't there. Obviously, it's a long, long break. But if you finish playing in July, well, some of the teams didn't play till you know the end of September, they finished. So, yeah, it's again a big window. But these guys, these guys are ready, uh, willing, and able, and that that camp works fine for them because they're they captain skates and all those things that they do will will ramp up to a certain extent you know off the ice they're you know they're not eating whatever we're eating and they're in the gym and they're doing all that stuff so you know they're not coming to camp 20 pounds overweight and going i gotta sweat this out uh no they're they're in prime shape they gotta get their skating legs maybe a bit and then they're good to go
0: Gene. It is always great to have you on the show. Again, thanks for the update on Dave's Drive and all the work you do with Sports Central, sportscentral.org if you want to check him out online. Take care, buddy. Let's do this again soon, okay?
1: Sounds good. one last plug, Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. I always talk about the OEG and the Edmonton Oilers. Absolutely fantastic supporters, but I want to add Community Foundation. They were great regarding donation and help and support and uh, just a big contributor to Sports Central. So thanks to them as well.
0: That is Sportsnet's Gene Principe. remember that tomorrow is Santa's day for six thirty Chet Santa's anonymous. Tomorrow here on six thirty Chet is gonna go from seven until seven. So we'll have the final hour of it here on inside sports. Uh, listen for a special phone number we're gonna have if you're able to call in and help. That is tomorrow. Of course a lot of things different this year, including for six thirty Chet Santa's anonymous. So we're gonna have Santa's day tomorrow, seven to seven, right here on six thirty Chet. Seahawks up seven nothing with six eleven remaining in the first half, and they are threatening again deep in Philadelphia territory. The Double E football team coaches show with Milanovic and Morley is coming up. Morley Scott is on the line, still eagerly awaiting the start of his Pittsburgh Steelers game against Baltimore. Only another oh, four, have to wait, though. another about 41 hours or so
2: yeah, it's uh, that's weird, eh? I mean, that's well. It started Thursday, then to Sunday, then to Monday, now till uh, then till Tuesday, then, then it till was Tuesday, Tuesday now it's and Wednesday. now it's till Wednesday. So, uh, that's uh, man. You got. I heard you and Gene talking about the schedule maker deserves a break for sure because they have moved a lot of stuff around, and it's only getting worse, right? I mean, the outbreaks amongst teams seem to be more often and and more serious in the last couple of weeks. Like what Denver went through yesterday was incredible.
0: Yeah, and memorable. I mean, look, it is. I, of course, I, I. I hope everybody knows. We, we we joke about the no quarterback in Denver and the games moving around, but we know it, it is a serious situation that's going on. But I, but I hope that game that gets yeah, played because that's that's a great rivalry between Baltimore and Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Baltimore's kind of—they've had a, a rough month. They've—they've they've lost a couple of games, and and they're—they're they're out of a playoff position right now. So they got to get going, and uh, I think they're in the uh, in the have a chance column now by when all the networks put up the playoff pictures. So uh, we'll see. Pittsburgh trying to stay perfect. I don't know if they can do it in this day and age, but they're trying to stay perfect. What's coming up with Milanovic here? Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, from a coaching perspective, I'm going to ask him about that Denver situation yesterday and what happened and and what's the best way to handle it and what did he notice if they handled it the right way or not. We'll we'll talk about that. And uh, uh, we're going to kind of get into the quarterback situation around the NFL. I want to talk to him about how all these old guys are still playing so well and how this great crop of young guys are coming up behind them.
0: Morley, have a good show. Thanks. Appreciate it, Reed, Take care. Producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell, studio operator and provider of the Elk Sound Effects is Kellen Kennedy. Morley and Milanovic are next. I'm back tomorrow at 6. Good night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.